Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. What are your business challenges for 2021? Supporting an increased remote workforce? Securing and managing your expanding corporate network? Communicating with your customers, employees, and partners? Whatever your challenges and priorities for 2021, Blackfoot Communications knows it all starts with a plan. We are here to help you assess, design, implement, and support your most critical technology infrastructure initiatives. Call Blackfoot at 866-541-5000 or email business at blackfoot.com to learn how we can set you up for success in 2021 and beyond. Blackfoot, connect to more. Um, cross country. Now, here's my ignorance. Three miles, right? That's what we're running. Yeah, three miles. Three miles. And it's all, the, the idea is we're not on a track here, people. We're running on just the ground. 1534, bro? Five and a half minute miles for three miles on just the ground in the sideways blowing yeah. frigid snow. It's technically a 5K is what it is. Five okay, so it's better than three miles. 3.13 miles. So you're under five and a half minute mile on that. Oh, yeah. I mean, get right out of town. Sterling Marshall Pride. Shout <laughs> you guys, out. You want to go up? see? You want to go see one of the most ridiculous athletic feats you will ever see? If there is ever a Big Sky Conference outdoor track and field championship near you yeah go buy the ticket just to watch the men's 10,000 the men's 10k just watch it because at the big sky conference northern arizona will be there and the greatest 10k runners on planet earth <laughs> running from northern arizona watching lopez lamong run that thing i mean he ran in like 22 minutes 10k yeah I, these dudes are literally sprinting miles Miles and miles and miles at a time. It's so astounding when you see them cross the finish line because NAU is at 7,200 feet in Flagstaff. Yeah, right. These dudes like cross the finish line nonchalant. They're not even tired. Just click their watch, walk it off. They're, yeah. they're some of the greatest interviews you'll ever have in a post-event because they're just high as a kite. Yeah. Just the all dolphins running through yeah, them. Yeah. Uh, all right. 
Uh, hey, it's hour number two. Good to be with you. If you missed anything in hour number one, you can listen on the podcast. It's You Tell Nuanas podcast available wherever you get your podcast. Rate, review, subscribe, all your favorite podcasting platforms. We are there for you. You go check that out. And uh, it is brought to us by Blackfoot Communications. By the way, the most recent Grizz Greats episode is also out. Jason Krebo. Jason Krebo, all-timer, four-year number 37, and uh, All-American, three-year All-American for the Grizzlies, including being a sophomore, I believe. Again, the only underclassman started, uh, directionally started, uh, offense or defense for that national championship team. Great conversation with him, so go give that a listen. That's available on all your uh, podcasting platforms as well. 329, nope. Oh, man, I almost went old school. 361-3688, the phone number, 361-3688. All guests join us via the Rangers Brothers RV phone line, and then you listen live on the stream at our website, 1029ESPN.com, and you can listen live thanks to Opportunity Bank of Montana. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. Coulter, there is a lot to get to. We can start in reverse chronological order last night in an epic I mean, coming down to the what a nine, uh, 69 minutes, 45 seconds of football that we got on our Sunday nighter between the Arizona Cardinals and Seattle Seahawks. And just from a pure fan standpoint, it's, it's what the modern football fan wants, man. Just up and down the field, dudes throwing the ball all over the yard, three passing touchdowns for each quarterback, some interceptions for each quarterback, some a rare, fa- really bad interception uh, from uh, Russell Wilson. I thought that it was a really bad interception when I first saw it, and then I realized, oh, it's, it's, it's Isaiah Simmons who made the reception. I mean, watching him move. Why is, doesn't he play? He played five snaps last night. Well, he got an interception. I, I understand, think he's but play he played more. five snaps. I just don't get it. I don't know. I don't know. When man. you look at him, you're like, huh? You know, it's like uh, you got to learn the scheme. I don't know. I don't know. All I'm saying is it was a heck of a football game. Obviously, well, I say obviously, there's a lot of great plays, but the play of game was DK Metcalf hawking Buda Baker. I mean, get on your horse and pop. Here's, th- th- there's certain guys who appear to be at full speed and then you just see that they have just kept accelerating and i saw it twice out of dk last night i saw it on his chase down of buda baker who by the way is the highest played safety in football because he ain't slow buda baker okay he's a he's a safety in the nfl he can move he says he says he's never been hawked in his whole life dk got him and got him easily actually the other one is when DK scored what looked like the game-winning touchdown that wasn't on account of a hold call and a pretty egregious hold by David Moore, I might add. But when he went around the corner, he looks for all the world like he's going out of bounds. And in fact, I mean, to hear Al Michaels call it, he, he thought there was no chance he stayed in bounds, but he just kept going faster than everybody. And you know what I call DK Metcalf? I call him an angle ruiner. He ruins every angle because every dude thinks that they got a lineup on him and they find out they don't. And now instead of running in a straight line, they're running in a curve. And if you know anything about shapes, curves are longer than straight lines. Okay? And he 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 is messing with space time every time he moves around on the football field. It's remarkable. So love watching DK. That said, it was Tyler Lockett's night. What he go for like 800 yard and 10 touchdowns? Yep. And they lose the football game. This has been building, though, for Seattle 
for several weeks. And what it has been is Russell Wilson and this offense go be great, go be even greater, and last night it was go be perfect. And when they couldn't be perfect, they lost. And give credit to, to Arizona. I thought Arizona, who didn't look good for a couple of weeks, has looked better and better the last the last couple. I mean, obviously, everybody looks great against Dallas, but I thought they looked really good last night. But it exposed everything that people have said is potentially a weakness and an actually a weakness about the Seattle Seahawks was exposed last night for everybody to see on national television. They can't get a pass rush. However many dropbacks, no quarterback hits. Now, I know it's Kyler Murray. It's hard to hit him, but... Nonetheless, you got to be better than that. You you have to be because if you can't get stops, you can't play here. You know, no matter how good your offense is, you're going to only go so far. I know that you've been saying this. Look, this is going to be another ten win team that wins one playoff game, and I'm always screaming at you that that's not a bad thing. Like that's a really good football team, but it's not as good as you should be. And I do agree with you there. And if they don't figure it out defensively somehow, and when I say figure it out, just be average. Like be just get to I don't know. 17th best, but you can't be 27th best because you will not win when it matters. You will not beat the Buccaneers. You will not beat maybe the Packers. I don't think you beat the Saints, although I'll pump the brakes there. We'll see. I I certainly at this point don't think you beat the 49ers, and by the way, you did not beat Arizona. So you you got this, this here, they've gotten over because they have the best quarterback who's playing right now in football in Russell Wilson and they got a great offense and they're rolling they run the, they do it all okay but they th- this here was exposure and now it sets in when you lose a game that you believe you should have won and it's obvious why certainly their weaknesses were exploited last night i think that one of my main takeaways well i guess twofold one the Cardinals looked like we thought they could, and a lot of people thought they should look last night. To me, having watched them back-to-back weeks on in primetime slots, they looked a lot more inspired and also just a lot more organized last night. I said last week on the show that I thought that Cliff Kingsbury needed to go get himself a defensive head coach to completely just run that side of the ball. Little did I realize that Vance Joseph is their defensive coordinator, and I thought he was one of the stars of last night's game. He was the first D.C., the first play caller so far this year to confuse Russell Wilson, to get him crossed up a little bit. Russ still had a pretty good game. He still threw for 388 and three touchdowns. But there was moments where you're making him hold on to the ball a little bit. Let me just say this. Russell Wilson, almost without exception right now with this team so constructed, is not going to have a bad game. He's going to play great every night. The only question question is, will you get him to make mistakes? Exactly. And they did that. And so that is a win for the defense, period. Because they made him hold on the ball a little bit. And that that is what it takes to derail them. But the other weakness that the, the Seahawks have is they don't have a pass rush. And that was put on full display when they were playing the most mobile quarterback in the NFC. It's actually so fascinating that mobile quarterbacks have become absolutely the trend right now and it's what everybody wants but when you look at what's going on in the league think about all the quarterbacks right now that are mobile Patrick Mahomes Deshaun Watson uh, Justin Herbert Baker Mayfield to a certain extent Joe Burrow Lamar Jackson Josh Allen Tua Tagovailoa if he's back healthy we'll see but I mean he was a mobile guy when he was at Alabama Cam Newton Ryan Tannehill even to a certain extent he can get it on the edge a little bit and Russell Wilson the only and Kyler Murray. What are the, every single one of those guys have in common besides the last two? They're, They're all in the AFC. They're all in the AFC. 
that is actually to Seattle's advantage because if there was more mobile quarterbacks, last night's game plan would have been replicated over and over and over again. There's no one else in the NFC really that can even replicate that, though. Mm -hmm. I mean, the Bears, the Lions, the Packers, the Vikings, the Falcons, the Panthers, the Saints, the Bucks, the Cowboys, none of those teams can do what Arizona does. None of them because they don't have quarterbacks that can move. So I think that is to Seattle's advantage down the stretch because I do think that last night, what do we always say in the NFL? When you're riding... When you're riding a hot streak, there's going to be a moment where someone figures out what you're doing well, and then they stop it, and you're going to abruptly hit a speed bump. Then you have to adjust again, and everybody's going to copy that. As soon as somebody figures out how to slow down Lamar Jackson, everybody copies that until you make the next chess move. It's the same thing with the Seahawks, but teams would try to rip off everything Arizona did last night, but the thing is they don't have the personnel to do, especially on the offensive side of the ball. So I think that's actually good for the Seahawks. But I thought it was a coming-of-age moment for the Cardinals. I thought they looked more organized, more inspired, and more like the team that had so much hype coming into this year than they had at any other time this year. Well, And and they're 5-2, and right? I mean, at the end of the day, they're 5-2, and and say what you want. What did San Francisco do? anything they wanted. In fact, for the last two weeks. So in San Francisco, everybody's down and out on the 49ers. Well, guess what? You get a couple of guys back and all of a sudden you scheme it back up and looks like, you know, you still got a pretty good coach. It looks like still, you still got guys that can block guys that can run and they just ripped to shreds the New England Patriots. Now the Patriots looked equally awful. I don't know where to place blame or credit or whatever, but what I'm saying is this, the Cardinals beat the 49ers with all hands on deck week one. Okay, that 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 happened. That's in the books. So, again, uh, the Cardinals are a good football team. This is by no means a disaster or anything like that for Seattle. I'm just saying it does expose some of the stuff they can't do. Your point is really well taken, though, because you can sit here and go, well, this is how you beat this team. You do what Arizona did. Is yeah. that right? Well, you, then yeah. you get Kyler Murray exactly. and go do it. Exactly. Yeah, this is how you beat Seattle. You draft the greatest athlete on planet Earth <laughs> and right. play him at quarterback. That's right. Yes. Dude, he's stupid. Oh, he's, he's insane. He's, he's insane. insane to watch. He's insane. Man. He's, he's so he's, electrifying. It's unbelievable. I, I don't. He dropped. He, he threw 48 passes last night and also rushed the ball 14 times. They were not credited for a single QB hit. That's an astounding Statistic League wide, I'm not going to make some bombastic statement about this is the best quarterback play that we've ever seen in the history of the game, or whatever. But I think it is the most fun. I think it's I've seen I think I'm watching more quarterbacks that I think are just so entertaining, good, bad, or other yeah. than I've seen. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what collection. Well, it's because when you can get out on the edge and you can break the pocket, then all of a sudden now you're the play is over. You're freelancing. And so that it, may, it adds this level of chaos. And these guys are such great improvisational playmakers that it just it it sends you into overdrive. Well, and you know what the other reason is? The NFL decided that they were going to be the ironclad square peg. And if you don't fit into this or you know, round this hole right here, you can't do it. And they they ruined a whole bunch of great quarterbacks who actually did something different. And now they're starting to embrace what can we do with these guys? And you know what you get? Phenomenal, phenomenal players. Well, you also get a roller coaster, and that's what part of the reason it makes it so entertaining. Here's the deal, though. You have a whole bunch of franchises that are stuck with the dude they got for better or for worse. And it's going to make it so entertaining. Like the Browns are Baker Mayfield's Browns starting quarterback. That's what it is. Sometimes he's going to be great. Sometimes he's not. But they have nowhere else to go. But there's more dudes with like that Brett Favre mentality than at any other time that the league's ever seen. It's so funny, man, because there's some guys playing who have been some 
some good to great players at quarterback who are still playing, and you—it's so obvious they are that they're behind, they're already behind. Like they are the dinosaur of of the game, not just because they're old, but because of what they do. Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, to a certain extent, these guys—they're not coming back around like that. And it is—it's because everything, the, everything that these new players can do, they don't have to have the most perfect accuracy in the history of uh, Kyler Murray's not a uh, not a hugely accurate passer. In fact, he had some balls last night. You go, what in the world is that? But you know what? He he has the widest windows to throw into in the entire NFL because he moves and goes wherever he wants and creates all the time that he needs. And he can make he can create really easy throws where a bunch of other quarterbacks had to make really hard throws. And so that is his one of his great gifts. Speaking of the Falcons, ha 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 now, on to Cleveland. The <laughs> Baker Mayfield show was in full effect. Odell Beckham, gone. Loss for the year. Terrible, terrible loss uh, for for the Browns. And, and, and I, I mean, what do you say? Odell Beckham, you can say whatever you want. He's a top five talent at wide receiver today, well, yesterday, in the NFL. And his loss is just... It, it's terrible. It's really, really, especially that type of loss where now even next season is in jeopardy, you know, in terms of at least the full duration of it. Not because you don't just got to come back. You need to come back and play, you know, and work into it. That said, Baker Mayfield, did you see this? Finished the game, not just throwing a dime of a game winner with the clock winding down, which the Browns never do. When, I don't care who they're playing, the Bengals. If they go down late, they lose. Period. They're the Browns. That's what they do. They don't come back down the field and make the play to win the game. And he did it to Donovan Peoples-Jones, of all people, an absolute dime piece of a game winner. Do you see how Baker Mayfield finished the game? 22 of 23. His only incompletion was a, a spike to stop the clock. He was literally perfect for the last 22 throws that he made in the entire football game to win the thing. Is Baker Mayfield great and wonderful? I don't know. I'm not saying that he is. But he's got it in him. Some guys just don't. And I've seen Baker be bad and whatever, but I am I, I, I'm, I am happy to have seen this even against, you know, a down-and-out Cincinnati team. But guess what? Cincinnati, they've scored. How many points has Cincinnati scored the last four or five weeks? A bunch. Oh, yeah. no. I mean, their statistics by the end of this year are going to be hilarious on offense because Burrow is going to throw for 4,500 right. yards. And they're going to go 2-14. and 14. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, he's still so sweet, though. Man. How how Joe Burrow is doing what he's doing behind that offensive line. And I've, I've talked up the skill position all season for Cincinnati, and I believe all of that. They're great. But yep. they are horrific up front, and they yep. are terrible on defense. Yep. And so, I mean, it's it he is he, – Joe Burrow, what's up, man? He is like almost no one that has come into the league in recent memory or even any memory, man. Because even the, the guys that are ultimately and supremely confident, so much of it is because they're so robotic. They're so studious. Peyton Manning always knew three plays ahead, but it, it, he didn't have this. He's obviously a phenomenal athlete. He's one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever live, but he didn't have that athletic swagger where, like, if I got the ball, I know I'm going to beat you. Mm-hmm. Joe Burrow's got that. He's a baller. He's like a basketball player. And, you know, for everything that we said about all these mobile quarterbacks, he's the guy that could be the throwback, so to speak, guy where he, I mean, every guy when they come into the league and they're young, they can run, they can move, they can shift right. around, but he's not, he's not but, even a running quarterback. Think about the, the, 
think about the difference in the authenticity of his confidence compared to guys like Baker Mayfield. It's light years different. Now it is though. You can tell Joe Burrow. He, you think you can tell, no, but you, it's a no, perception. No, no, you don't actually know whether yes, Baker abs- Mayfield is actually confident, which it appears that he actually is. But there's a complete difference, and you are one of the most shining examples of this of false bravado <laughs> and real confidence. Joe Burrow has real confidence. There's a lot of people that are around Baker Mayfield that question him. I don't think there's anybody that's ever been around Joe Burrow that questions him. Yeah. Period. Period. Any locker room he's ever been in, it's he is unquestioned. He has the thing, man. He's got the it factor. I'm trying to think of somebody else that you can compare he, him he, to. He does. There he, really isn't another guy I can think of that's factor. come into the league. The one thing I want to Deshaun Watson's the only other guy I can really think that has like that unbreakable confidence. The, that's that's a good one. Here's what I want to see out of Joe Burrow. Like even though. Mahomes had to prove it, right? Everybody's on Joe Burrow, and they should be because he has he has outperformed every expectation on a bad football team. He he truly has. And Joe Burrow's great, and I think he's going to be great. Okay, so this is not anything. But that said, Jordan Spieth, right? He never played bad golf until he started playing mm-hmm. bad golf, and it happened to be he'd already won several majors. He's one of the greatest golfers to ever live. He's 24 years old. Now, all of a sudden, he gets in his own head and it goes sideways. Now, it's completely different in golf. What I'm saying is this. What happens when Joe Burrow hits a stretch, and he will, where he is, in fact, not playing well? Not just he's on a bad team. That's, he's not playing that's well. That's the point I'm making is I don't think he'll throw a fit like almost every other modern-day athlete no, does. I, I don't think he will either. But Jordan but Spieth until cries. You, until you know it. Until you see it, you don't know what's going to happen. It's true. I just think that his disposition is different than almost every other young quarterback great in the league. Great disposition. Great. Josh Allen is such a tremendous leader. He's such a fierce competitor. He's such a great athlete. You can totally see Josh Allen melting down within a moment, right? You can totally see Cam Newton has been a volatile character his entire career. Mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson, mm-hmm. when he gets going bad, he's all over the place. Mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield. Weiner, Ben Roethlisberger, Weiner, Philip Rivers, Weiner. I can't see Joe Burrow doing that. But also, who's been like the most even quarterback we've ever seen? Probably Eli Manning. And he's got a couple Super Bowls to show for it, but it doesn't mean he was great all the time. In fact, he was yeah. downright bad Joe for, Burrow's for a good portion is of the time. So much more than I, Eli I, I, Manning. I'm not arguing the point. I'm just saying just because he's got a great disposition. <laughs> yeah, but so much of the quarterback position is mental. And we see guys that can be far superior to what their actual talent is. Jared Goff comes to mind. Jimmy Garoppolo comes to mind. When they're rolling, they look pretty good. Mm-hmm. But when they're not, they look really bad. I don't think that Joe Burrow is ever going to be that guy that looks really bad. And that's a very rare thing. Even the greats, even Brett Favre sometimes looked really bad during oh. his career. <laughs> like got to tell me. Like often, right? <laughs> but I just, I don't think that, I, don't, I, I honestly, I'm trying to think of someone to compare him to. He has this authentic persona that's different than almost any dude we've seen come into the league. You think about it, we'll get back to it. It's 2 Tell New One is 1029 ESPN Radio. One you know who question. he's like? You know who he's like? This is a bad comparison in terms of their physical stature, but in terms of their mentality and their authenticity of coolness. Ryan, uh, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Steve McNair. Hmm. Okay. Here's my question. Yep. Buck's the best team in the NFC. I still think when the Packers are at full strength, if they can get David Bakhtiari back to full health, they can get Aaron Jones back to full health, they can perform with Devontae Adams and those other receivers that emerged so much when Devontae Adams was out, I still think the Packers are the best because I think that they have the best offensive line. But some of the guys that the Bucks have lost, they're not getting back. That's too bad because I do think that if they were to get – if they could have O.J. Howard and Rob Gronkowski, if they could have Antonio Brown and Chris Godwin and – Mike Evans? Well, they can have that. They, and if, uh, if they could get Leonard Fournette back rolling with 
Peyton Barber and, and Ronald, I guess not Peyton Barber, Ronald Jones the third, and who's their other running back? Uh, LaShawn McCoy. Yeah. Oh, right. Thank you. All those dudes, then all of a sudden, I mean, that's the other thing is nobody talked about their defense last year because their defense had mediocre statistics. Why? Because they had to play 30 extra possessions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, their the defense Buccaneers, was nice. It still is nice. That's what I, I'm saying. I think the Buccaneers. Here's the thing. Power ranking the NFL is is a fool's errand. And the reason I think that it is is because, it, not that you can't do it, you certainly can do it, and you can make a good argument for it, whatever, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The reason it doesn't matter is because the playoffs are one and done. All that matters are, are you in the tournament, and then what happens on the day that you play the team that you got to play? The Minnesota Vikings are nowhere near to as good as the, as the New Orleans Saints. But you know what? They played them and they beat them in the game that mattered at the end of the year and they got to move on and that was it. Okay? Whereas on the flip side of that coin, the San Francisco 49ers are, were light years better than the Green Bay Packers ultimately last year. And you know what? They proved it. And they were that the day that it mattered. That said, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, as we know, blew out Green Bay a week ago. But if they meet in the postseason, which is a very, you know, there's a great likelihood that that could happen. I'm not going to sit here and say that Tampa Bay is the odds on favorite to win that game. Uh, and I'm with you on that. But I do at this very moment think that Tampa Bay is the better team than the Green Bay Packers. I think they're better than the uh, than the Seattle Seahawks. The one team that I'm still sitting here and just going, I, I, I don't care talk to me in in December and January is the 49ers. The 49ers are unbelievably talented. They lost guys, but they're getting guys back, and they just do the thing that you need to do to win football games. And they're not just unbelievably talented. You don't even have to be that talented to take a toss sweep for the 49ers because the three main pursuers are going to get their heads knocked off. Yeah. You got a seven-yard sprint to the sideline if you want it. If you want to get up, field, lower your pads, you're getting a first down. That backside toss play where they pin George Kittle on the edge yeah. and then they kick out Juszczyk. Like, they put Juszczyk in motion, so he's got a full head of steam going up on that linebacker. I mean, my God. George- that is like that is like offensive. Like, I can't even tell you what it does to me when I watch it. It's like my favorite thing in the entire NFL to watch. For, for, for what it is to be a tight end in total, George Kittle is the best tight end by 100 miles. I mean, he's so much better than absolutely <laughs> I know, anybody. I know, and you want to know what's even more crazy? Kyle Juszczyk is the best fullback by a million miles. Well, that's because he's the only no, fullback no, in no, football. No, no. C.J. Ham is a really good fullback for Minnesota. There's several teams in the NFL that are actually using fullbacks effectively. Seriously, though, Kyle Shanahan's offense is so, so, so creative. The way that they get guys into space is unbelievable. Like, if they really wanted to, I seriously think they could win an NFL game by playing Debo Samuel running back because that's how good their off-the-ball sure. blocking yeah, is. Yeah, they're great. So um, I, I, te- I texted uh, you this last night, but I got to put the, I got to localize this just for a, a brief second. Okay. If I was... what mo- What... San Francisco does pre-snap is so much like what Montana State does. Mm. And when I was watching them last night and they're running those backside toss plays to Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, to to Debo Samuel, right? where, where, they, where they line Juszczyk up, like say on the left side to the short side, and they put him in motion and then Garoppolo fakes the hand up and then does a full 180 and pitches it to the wide side Going of the, the field. Direction, yeah. Run that play with Troy Anderson. Are you kidding me? In the Big Sky <laughs> Conference, he's scoring like 7 out of 10 times yeah. if you run that play with Troy Anderson. I just think their offense is a thing of beauty. I, I, I agree with you. I think the 49ers are tough, man. So, yeah. And, and so that's why I'm saying, you know, you can talk to me about the Niners, the Seahawks, the Packers, the Bucks. 
I don't know if you could put Arizona in there yet, but there's 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 a handful of teams where you go, yeah, they might be the best team in the NFC, and it doesn't matter because once you get there, then you're going to play each other, and then you just have to be the better team that day. You just have to figure it out that day, and can you do it? And by the way, winning that game doesn't actually mean you're the better team, but it is the only thing that matters. And that's going to be the most interesting part, too, of determining this because I actually think the 49ers are the team that has a chance to muddle the entire thing because of the way they match up with everybody else. Yeah, The 49ers will be able to run the ball with authority against the Packers. They, oh. they will be able to, like, I mean, but like, it's terrifying. But on, on paper, you would think that the Seahawks would be a touchdown or more favorite, but I actually think the 49ers could work the Seahawks just because of the matchup with the run game. Well, you know what? We're going to find out in six days but, because Seattle and San Francisco play right here on ESPN. But that's Radio, why, two o'clock that's why the Bucks are such a, a contender, though, because they, they are. are actually the one that is the least, uh, they are the, they have the least um, amount of weakness against what the 49ers do well. That's right. Uh, okay, very good. Some NFL stuff. We got to get into the World Series. Game four and five over the weekend. Phenomenal game six tomorrow. Three, two Dodgers. We'll uh, get into that just a little bit right after this. Hey, guess what? Halloween is coming. October 31st, right around the corner. Just a few days. And if you want to have some fun, you should go over to the Silver Slipper. Cruise over in the afternoon. They're having an outdoor parking lot trick or treat session for you and the kids. Right out of the out of the the, the backs of cars. What is a trunk or treat? Is that what they call it now? Okay. Then if you know if you want, if you want to go later on. Maybe you don't have kids. Maybe you drop the kids off with a babysitter. You go back. How about a Tiger King themed Halloween? Drunk specials, costume contests. Halloween's a fun day for all. The Silver Slipper, October thirty first. Of course. They got all the sports you ever need every single day. 55 televisions, the World Series on, NFL, college football, Big Ten's back. Wow, what a Big Ten weekend. We didn't even get into Penn State, Indiana game. Good gracious. But that thing. Anyway, 55 televisions, the Silver Slipper. Of course, they got 20 Kino machines, a liquor store, pizza, drink specials every day. Nowhere else you should be watching your favorite team. And, of course, Card room is back and open. 333-1500-333-1500. Call or text that number to find out more. You can also visit MissoulaPoker.com. Stop by today. See why the Silver Slipper is the best kept secret in the state of Montana. There they are on Brooks, just as you head south out of Missoula on Highway 93, right there next to the country club, the Silver Slipper. What are your business challenges for 2021? Supporting an increased remote workforce? Securing and managing your expanding corporate network? Communicating with your customers, employees, and partners? Whatever your challenges and priorities for 2021, Blackfoot Communications knows it all starts with a plan. We are here to help you assess, design, implement, and support your most critical technology infrastructure initiatives. Call Blackfoot at 866-541-5000 or email business at blackfoot.com to learn how we can set you up for success in 2021 and beyond. Blackfoot, connect to more. Well, Coulter, if you're not a baseball fan now, there's no hope for you, my man. I mean, what a World Series this has been. And in particular, Game 4, I got to say, it goes down for me as one of the great games of all time. It's Tutel Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, Howdy, across the great state of Montana. Happy to be with you at Gus Tutel, at 102.9 ESPN, and at Skyline Sports MT, your relevant Twitter handles. And... 
like I, I want to sit here and like re-explain everything that took place in Game Four. Besides, we've already played another game since then, which was you know also a very good baseball game in its own right. But the Game Four. Even if it's like a walk-off home run, you stand up there and you go, whoa, and you yell and you go, oh, man, that's amazing. But I don't know that I've ever jumped out of my seat aside from Cubs-Indians Game 7 of the 2016 series and just been shrieking with excitement. And by the way, that's because my team was involved, right? It's not this, this, I got no dog in the Rays-Dodgers hunt. You know what I mean? And so to watch, you know, a ripped triple turn into a a double, I guess it was, scoring a guy from first base who falls over as he's rounding third. Looks like he's going to be out for for sure, and the catcher not realized because he's got his back to him that he's fallen over trying to swipe a tag on a ghost and then loses the ball as a result and thus enables the space to score what is a game-winning walk-off style run. Never seen something like that, and in a World Series to boot. And for it to happen to the Dodgers... When they're up two games to one, look like they're going to be up three games to one. And if you're up three to one, you know, you go, okay, Kershaw's going to go out there in game five and it's going to be done deal. Doesn't happen. And now all of a sudden the Dodgers, who are the team that if anybody's, you know, they got the monkey on their back and all that kind of thing, they lose a game like that. Dave Roberts, who who I love, Dave Roberts, the manager of the, the, the Dodgers, I think is one of the sort of most positive, happy, engaging guys, great, obviously, baseball guy. I've never seen him upset, ever. Even in losses or whatever, he kind of takes it with a grain of salt. Pounding on the side of the dugout at that moment that that happened. I mean, just like completely despondent. And everyone on earth is thinking the same thing. Here we go again with the Dodgers in the postseason. They're going to they're gonna come up underwhelming losers in this thing, even though it's 2-2. And they go out in game five. And Clayton Kershaw has, again, I wouldn't call it a dominant performance, but a very good performance. Goes five and two-thirds. Controversial you know, being pulled out when he was rolling. I mean, he had two pitches in the fifth inning, each for an out, and then gets sat down. But there was a plan in place about what they were going to go to Dustin May, and he comes in, he pitches well, goes, you know, an inning and a third, gets him to the eighth, and the Dodgers bounce back and win game five and are now up 3-2 and on the brink, right, of winning it. But that turnaround to come back and win that game, huge for the Dodgers. They're just hitting the hell out of the ball right now, too. How about Jack Peterson's home run? <laughs> just a rocket. I mean, that's a 440-foot line drive. Muncy? They're yanking on this thing, I mean, man. Jack Peterson's home run, though, I mean, that it is such a rare occurrence to have mm-hmm. a 425-plus-foot home run that gets out of the park that fast. I mean, that, mm-hmm. was a, that was a laser and also a bomb over the center field fence. Their lineup is impressive, man. They they work counts, they swing for hard, they but they also don't strike out very much. I mean, last night eight strikeouts, which is actually pretty high for them. But uh, let me ask you this: five and two thirds for Clayton Kershaw, like you mentioned. Yeah, two earned runs, five hits, six Ks, good outing. So I guess I got a two part question. First of all, is the door shut on Clayton Kershaw pitching again in this series? No, absolutely not. That's why they pulled him, right? In, well, in, I think in, in I, I think that's they go part, to game seven. Yeah, if they go to and I don't think he would start in the game seven, but I think sure. he'd be very much available if needed in a game seven scenario. Okay, question number two: Are his um, demons vanquished if, after he moved to four and one? If the if they win the World Series, 
But hasn't he done his part? He, he's done his part. He's done his part, but you got to win. You you got to win it. And even if you're sitting on the bench, man. I mean, how many how many Super Bowls were won or lost with Tom Brady watching from the pine? True. You know? It's definitely true. But you win them, and then that's you got that basketball, ring. That's why basketball is the greatest, because LeBron's never sitting on the bench. That's it, Not in those moments. <laughs> not no. in the finals. Um, so tell me this. So Mookie Betts was 1-5 last night. I thought he was the front runner for MVP coming into the weekend, but I don't know who the MVP is now. Who's the who's your money on for the MVP at this moment? Here's one thing. Oh, I, here, oh. Here's one thing I don't okay. want to happen. Yeah, Clayton Kershaw is two and zero in this World Series. Yeah, with with no spectacular, but also no lackluster performance. Just two solid outings. Well, I think he went six. Innings in, yeah, he went like five and a third or whatever in, in game one. I think he struck also. out six, yeah. and then he also went five two-thirds and struck out six last night. Yeah. No, nothing crazy or dominant. Got the win, both of them. Yeah. I just think it would be dumb if somehow he got the MVP in what was not like an epic performance, only because then it would be like, oh, he vanquished his playoff demons, but like not in dominant fashion. Um, the only way Kershaw, to me, is in the conversation for MVP is if he – if he is the clincher in game seven, whether it's as a starter, which I don't expect, or if he comes in and all of a sudden has, you know, a Madison Bumgarner-esque show up and go four or five innings, you know, pitch innings three through seven, or who knows, even finish the game, go five through nine and slam the door shut to win the World Series, then I'm then in the coverage. As of right now, Mookie Betts is the MVP if the Dodgers win win the World Series, even with one for five last night. Here's the thing, though, that nobody's talking about today, it seems to me, Coulter, on this. And and I think, uh, you know, I want to give credit to Clayton Kershaw, and I do give credit to Clayton Kershaw and the Dodgers. And they're, they're great, and they're raking. But tell me if what you think about this, okay? I think there is a huge amount of blame, and, I, you know, it's what it is. Tyler Glasnow, mm-hmm. you just are coming off the most epic win in the franchise's history in that Game 4 victory. You have all the demons weighing like a ton of bricks on the shoulders of every Dodgers player, most of all on Clayton Kershaw, who, though he's pitched very well, is still trying to get over this thing, right? And in the first inning, you step up there and give up two runs, and before your team has even had a chance to come up to the plate, you have spotted them a lead and put all the comfort in the world onto the Dodgers being like, okay, we're all right. We're still raking. We got the lead. You go out there. You can't do it. I don't care what you do. I don't care if you throw your arm out, like not not physically speaking, but I don't care if you go out there and pr- pitch like you're closing, not like you're trying to play five, six, seven innings. Go out there and throw gas and end the inning in the first inning. You have, right. well, I mean, have to do it, and he didn't do it, and that that to me was terrible and swung the door wide open for the Dodgers. That was your Burn Street Bistro Burn of the Week. Thank you, Bruce Street. Good one, guess. But it's true. It is true, and that, that's been the definitive advantage the Dodgers have been able to establish in the last three games of the series. I know they lost game four, but they've been up one nothing at the end of the first inning for three games in a row. Mm-hmm. That puts a huge amount of pressure on the Rays, and it also makes Clayton Kershaw, Walker Buehler, all these starting pitchers for the Dodgers have so much more, uh, they can pitch with so much more confidence. That's they, right. They know that they've already got one. In this, in this Major League Baseball, 
if you're going to attack the corners and you're going to attack the strike zone and you're going to try to throw strikes, because everybody swings so hard and so many guys have home run power now, you're going to get tagged. Everybody throws so hard now that if somebody connects, it's gone. No matter who it is, you can be facing the eight hitter. And that was not a thing for almost the duration of history in baseball. But now almost everybody has home run power and all the starting pitchers throw so hard that home runs are kind of inevitable. But that's why it's so key to just give up the solo shot, not the three-run bomb. Mm-hmm. And that's where, though, when you are any of the Dodgers pitchers, when you're up one nothing, you could attack those because if you're, if you're just going for it and then you give up a, a solo shot, it's okay because it only ties the game rather than putting you in that 1-0 hole. And that's where the Dodgers have they, – they've put the Rays' backs against the wall for three games in a row. Right. And if it wasn't for the most unlikely, craziest ending that we've seen in a World Series in quite some time, if not ever, this series would be over. It would be. It would be, but I, I, I just, you know, Glasnow didn't have his best stuff, and sometimes you don't. I don't know. I don't know when you have it or when you don't have it, but he chose an awful time to give up runs in the first inning because you just want to try and create yep. the nerves and allow that seed of doubt to to, to germinate and bloom, and he he gave it no chance, no was chance. Was was last night a letdown by the Rays after winning in such a thrilling fashion? You know, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's four two. They got two runs off of Kershaw. And then you know both these teams have great bullpens, and and it was a, it was a good game. They had some opportunities. How about how about the bull just 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 not even pretending like you're not doing an attempt to steal home? Unbelievable. I mean that was that was great. I mean I'm into that. That's awesome. So I I thought that the Rays it was baseball. It was a baseball game, man. I thought they played fine and. They, they lost it early, as it turns out, last night. Was last night the deciding game in this series? Probably, however, if I may play both sides of the fence, Blake Snell is going for the Rays tomorrow. It's a huge advantage. Against Gonsolin. So I like, at least from the starting pitching standpoint, the Rays, even though, I you know, again, the bats of, of the Dodgers are what they are, and they're, they're the so better team. So they're going to throw Walker Bueller game seven if that's what And it would be Walker Bueller against the undefeated in winner-take-all games Charlie Morton in game seven. Ooh, that'd be nice. I mean, that would be that would Charlie, be great, Charlie right? Charlie Morton has been the MVP of the playoffs for the Rays besides the Rosarina probably. Yeah, right? although he did lose in game three. He did, but he doesn't lose in game seven. Hasn't he pitched him to two the, straight game seven victories? The, three, in fact. There you go. Not in this postseason, three in his career, right, but two right, in this right, postseason. Right. But anyway, so that that would be phenomenal. I do give the edge to Tampa, but here's the thing, Coulter, at this point. Who knows? Right? You watch the game. It never goes the way you think that it's going to go. It yeah. comes out, and all of a sudden, it's the 26th, or how many they got now? 30 guys on the bench? Whatever it is. And some guy you never even heard of is the guy who's up there with two on and two out in the eighth to try and get a go-ahead run across. I mean, that's the way this stuff develops, and that's why baseball is so fun, especially the World Series. It's 2 Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. We'll take a quick break. I mean... How many teams are going to score touchdowns they're not trying to score and go on to lose? This weekend, it was two. Coulter, obviously, if people are traveling, you got to have them stay somewhere else, not with you. That's true even when COVID isn't going on, and especially now. So you send them out to the Wingate. We know that. That's obvious. What you might not know is about all the meeting space they have out there, convention space, and even personal office space, because God knows I can't stand being with you any much longer. I'm going out there. I'm going to lock up my own personal office at the Wingate. You can do the same thing. If you need a business space, whether it's for yourself personally or 
or you're just tired of doing Zoom meetings. You just want to see other humans, but you want to be socially distanced. The Wingate has great business meeting rooms. You can space out. They have all the hookups and technology you're going to need for any sort of meeting or presentation. Or if you're like Ryan, you just want to have a place where you can work in peace and quiet. The Wingate Inn, also a great option for those that live and work around Western Montana and the city of Missoula. If you have anybody coming through town or you want to get your kids out of the house, Wingate also has awesome rooms, great business rates. The pool is back open. They've done a great job of making sure that's going to be safe for you and your family. The Wingate Inn, located in Missoula, it's an excellent option for business travelers, local business people, or anybody coming through the city of Missoula. Let the Wingate Inn make you feel at home even when you're not. Five and one Chicago Bears are a touchdown dog. I think that's six in their craw. It's two telling the one is one of two ninety ESPN radio. As WX Montana Television. If you missed anything in the show, listen on the podcast. The two telling the one is podcast. Available wherever you get your podcast. Rate, review, subscribe. Check out the podcast. Everywhere you get your podcast. Thanks to Blackfoot Communications. Also listen to Grizz Grace, most recent episode with Jason Krebo. Coulter, um, I said I was going to talk about the two teams that couldn't help but score touchdowns and then go on to lose. That would be Penn State and that would be Atlanta. But I want to talk about that. I want to talk about Monday Night Football. Okay. The Rams are 4-2. and two, The Bears are 5-1. and one. The Rams are a 6.5-point favorite. That doesn't really matter to me. What matters to me is this. I think you can make an argument that three of the five best defensive players in the game are playing in this game. Khalil Mack, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. Jalen Ramsey is... Maybe not. You can make an argument there. The only pass rusher that's in the conversation with these two, and he's actually not in the conversation, is Miles Garrett. These are the two definitive best defensive front players in the NFL, plain and simple. And it's Aaron Donald 1, and it's Khalil Mack 2, by the way. There's an order to this. <laughs> There's definitely an order. But Aaron Donald is in the company of no one at this moment. Football fans watch football for offense. Tonight, please, please do yourself a favor and watch the defense play football because in Chicago and I hate the Bears oh I hate the Bears but this ain't just a one trick pony I mean Roquan Smith oh dude I mean I mean lights no, no, out their whole their whole linebacking core is ridiculous yes. I mean because it's Khalil Mack technically he plays outside linebacker Roquan Smith's elite Dan Trevathan is one of the most fearless players in the in the yeah. last 10 years he in the plays NFL. at and over the line sometimes. Robert Quinn when healthy is a, is a Pro Bowl level guy he's just struggled with injuries so For much sure. well he's 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 an older player he's a now. little older but I mean he's still really really good I mean he's only 30 yeah. he, he was I mean he's a former top 10 pick for sure and I mean I think Eddie Jackson is really good Kyle Fuller is really good but honestly the number one most underrated player on their entire team is one of my favorite fat boys in the league Akeem Hicks. Oh, yeah. Love him. Love him. Yeah, I do, too. I mean, I can hate the team and love every player on the team. It's an ironic thing. But so it's, it's actually something that's, like, in, ingrained in your brain, though, right? Well, yeah. But there's nothing that – there's no team in all of sports that I see their jerseys and I was just like, I dislike you. Oh, there is. Besides the Bears. Yes. Yeah, oh, right. It's the Bears. Well, the Vikings, too. Um the the uh, the one thing I'll say, you always ask me about, you know, here here's one point you've made that I think is really good. The quarterbacking advantage in this game, you could make an argument, is for Chicago. Why? Because you know what you're getting out of Nick Foles. Jared Goff, you got no idea. If it's good Jared Goff, you're rolling. If it's bad Jared Goff, the Bears are going to roll the Los Angeles Rams. And this is where I think this game comes down to Nagy versus McVay. 
I think this is all about coaching in this football game. And I don't know who's the better or who's worse who's going to come up with a better game plan, but I think that Sean McVay better have a game plan and then he better have a backup and a backup to the backup offensively. Because if Jared Goff goes out there and starts looking around and, as they say, seeing ghosts, which is very easy to do against this Bears defense, you better be able to run that dang football, my man. And they got the horses to do it, but you better be prepared to execute not just handing the ball off, but a running game plan. And that, I don't know. I think this is an intriguing game. It is intriguing. You want to know the number one key this game? Tell me. Cooper Cup. Hmm. Because the Bears are going to be able to slow down the Rams' run game to at least a certain extent. And the Rams need to take deep shots to Robert Woods, but that's only set up by either the run or Cup getting loose over the middle. It's yeah. all about Cup. Boys and girls, thanks for being with us on a Monday edition of Two Tell Nuanas. Enjoy Monday Night Football tonight. We'll be back. We'll get you some World Series tomorrow. In the meantime, stay warm. Two Tell Nuanas, ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.